Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday and Wednesday and Friday morning podcast. It is Friday. Happy Friday, everyone. Hope you all had a great week and hope you have a great weekend planned. And I hope that weekend includes some Pittsburgh Steelers football as the Steelers get ready to play the Buffalo Bills in week five on Sunday at 1 p.m. Pittsburgh time on the road in Orchard Park, New York. This should be a good one. For a lot of reasons, this should be a good one, and there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to dissect about this game. We have a lot going on in this show. We've got news. We've got the injury report. We're previewing the upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills. That includes our keys to victory on the offense and defensive side of the football. We're going to take a look at the rookies in the rookie review as well as bring in a guest that we do every Friday, Mr. Jerome Jeremy Betts, to talk about NFL picks and all that good stuff, give our predictions for the game. Don't forget my DraftKings parlay at the end of the first half and my heart-to-heart at the very end of the show. That's a, that's a lot. We are jam-packing a lot of content into these shows. I hope that you're enjoying it. I've really enjoyed this season so far. Let's get things started with the news. Now, Matt Canada and Tara Lawson spoke, but you know Matt Canada is going to draw the attention of the Steelers fan base and the Steelers media, and he made a comment. I am not buying this for a second, by the way where he said that, you know what, not too much is going to change with Kenny Pickett in there as similar to uh, Mitch Trubisky. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that for a second. There are things that Kenny Pickett does well that Mitch Trubisky did not do that well. And because of that, I personally believe that there are going to be differences in the offense. Is it going to look like a 180-degree turnaround? No, I don't think it's going to be that. Do I think it's going to look different? Yeah. Do I think the offense is going to run different and he's going to be able to call plays differently? Absolutely, I do. And so with that in mind, I'm not buying what Matt Canada's selling and what he said to the media. I'm also not shocked and I'm not upset that he's saying what he's saying because I think that he has to go out there and say, look, if we're going to throw some major wrinkles into the game plan, if we're going to go and we're going to really put forth our best effort and try to be you know, these these world beaters that go into Buffalo and beat a really good Bills team when they're not even expected to do so. Well, you're not going to tell the opponent what you're going to do. So I, I think that it's going to look different. I think there's going to be some that's, some things that look the same, but I think this is going to look different. If it doesn't, if there's no difference, I'm going to be very disappointed. I'm going to be very, very disappointed if there's no difference. But the fact that, in my opinion, there was a difference in the first half to the second half last week that tells me there should be a difference in this game coming up on Sunday. So before we get to anything else in the rookie review, actually, let's do the rookie review first. Let's get that out of the way. Number one pick, Kenny Pickett. It's hard to believe last week we were talking about how Kenny Pickett's just standing on the sideline. And here we are getting ready for Kenny Pickett's first official start of his NFL career. I don't know what to think. I know I've talked about this. I talked about it all week. I'm going to be patient with Kenny Pickett. I'm going to have high expectations for Kenny Pickett. And I think the fan base is just eagerly anxious to see what this guy can bring. Everything you've heard, everything we've seen from preseason to regular season 
has us really, really excited for this game. And so Kenny Pickett's going to get his first test of, of an NFL start in a very hostile environment against a very good defense and a very good team. So we'll see how that goes. But what we saw last week, it's got to be better. George Pickens, talk about a trajectory on the upward angle. It might be straight up. His his stock right now is, has never been higher in his NFL career. It's a very young career, very small sample size, but it's never been higher. And George Pickens is looking to pick up from that 102-yard output. I want to see the guy hit pay dirt. I want to see him get into the end zone. But George Pickens, he is on a trajectory where a lot of people are thinking he should see snaps over someone like Deontay Johnson or over someone like Chase Claypool. That's worth noting for a team that doesn't typically throw a lot at rookie receivers early in their career. Pickens seems to have broken that mold. DeMarvin Leal is someone I talked about. I wrote an article for the website, six potential changes that could happen on the Steelers prior to week one. And one of those was, I want to see more DeMarvin Leal. Give me less Chris Wormley and more Leal. Yes, he's a rookie. Yes, he's raw. Yes, there are times where you're going to want to pull your hair out. But at the same time, he brings an upside that someone like Wormley and even Tyson Alualu at his age, they just don't have. Give me more Leal. I want to see more Leal. Mike Tomlin spoke very highly of the young man uh, in his Tuesday press conference, and that's worth noting. Jalen Warren, he continues to have a bigger role. He's taking carries away from Najee Harris. That's not a bad thing. That's decreasing the workload. Jalen Warren is going to continue to be a, a very good change of pace, third down type back, and he's going to have to continue doing the little things well. Blitz pickup, holding onto the football, just doing things the right way, understanding and reading specific rushes, blitzes, picking things up. That is very important. Connor Hayward is another player that I mentioned in that same article about changes that could be made this week with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that he is a player that as he continues to progress and as he continues to get more comfortable at the NFL level, you should start to see him involved more in different packages, getting him out there. He is a weapon. He can be a threat. And it could be a game, this game, where the Steelers take take the training wheels off of some of their players, and it couldn't come at a better time in terms of trying to surprise a team like the Buffalo Bills on the road. So there's your little rookie review. We'll see if some more players, maybe like a Mark Robinson, gets a helmet at some point. But in the meantime, those five players, very good picks for the Pittsburgh Steelers as of right now. All right, the crux of this podcast is all about how the Steelers and by proxy, the Steelers fan base, because we feel like we are a part of the team. That's natural. The Steelers better get used to the us versus the world approach. And this has been so evident this week. The Steelers are 14 or 14 and a half point, 13 and a half point, depending on the book you're looking at. DraftKings had it at 14, then it went to 14 and a half. I'm not sure if it went back down to 14. By the time you're listening to this, it could have changed again. Still, they are unbelievable underdogs heading into Buffalo. And so when you are considered the team that has no chance, no chance at all, then you have to have that us versus the world approach. And when I used to coach, yes, I know it wasn't football, and I know it was high school, and it was varsity, and very competitive in the state of Maryland and the sport of lacrosse, but it, I understand all that. But everyone that's coached, I don't care if you're coaching a little league team and you have a team that's undefeated in your in your division, in your league, whatever the case may be, you're looking at that game and you're saying, man, we don't. Some people are saying we don't stand a chance. So I used to tell my players all the time when I was coaching them, I'd say, guys, no one is giving us a shot here. I mean, no one. 
Heck, half of your family that are watching in the stands probably are not giving us a shot here. So this is one of those games where you go out, you play loose in what I would call this is a house money game. Anyone that's a gambler or been to Vegas or gone to a casino knows if you're gambling on the house, it means it's not your money. Just go ahead and bet it. Move those chips. Take the risk. It's not your money, so go with it. This is the situation the Steelers are going to find themselves in a lot this season. House money, especially going to Buffalo where they're two touchdown underdogs and say, guys, why are we scared of taking a risk? Let's go out, backs against the wall, and let's come out swinging. And let's keep swinging and give it the, our best shot. Doesn't mean you're going to be guaranteed to win, but when you think about you know, the underdog role, that us versus the world mentality, this is different for the Steelers. This is really different for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, everyone remembers in 2008, 2009, Mike Tomlin, you know, really being vocal. It's a five-star matchup. Why? Because we are in it. That's not the case in 2022. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. It's just not. I mean, there's there are games where are going to be highlighted because they're in prime time and the Steelers fan base will watch those games and give good TV ratings, but the Steelers are not going to be one of those five-star matchups because they are in it, not this year. Now, I talked about it on Wednesday with the rebuild. Yes, the Steelers team is going through a rebuild. If they can win during that, that is fantastic. I'm not saying I predict that to happen, but it's going to be an uphill battle almost every single week. I mean, just think about what's going to be going towards the Steelers up until the bye. We've talked about it ad nauseum now. At Buffalo, home versus the Buccaneers. At the Dolphins on Sunday Night Football. At the Eagles. They haven't won there since, I don't know, the Civil War. And then, that's a joke, obviously. And then uh, coming out of the bye week, they have the New Orleans Saints at home. It's, those are not gimmies. Those are not gimmies. I would not be shocked if they're not favored up until after the bye. And maybe, I don't even know if they'd be favored at home against the Saints, depending on how everything else goes this year. So, Everyone says the right things about Kenny Pickett. And and it's and it's natural and I think it's just to focus on the quarterback at times like these. We used to focus on Ben Roethlisberger in times like these. And how's the quarterback going to react? You know, these were the games where, you know, Ben Roethlisberger would say tongue in cheek, well maybe we just shouldn't even show up. Yeah, that Ravens defense is so good. I mean, why do we even try? And he would say these things and people would kind of lambaste him in the media and here I am listening to a thing, and he, that's not what he means. Well, now we look at Kenny Pickett. And, yes, there's already been people on Twitter and social media saying, oh, think about the defenses that Kenny Pickett's going to face to start his career. Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, Philly, New Orleans. Come on. You cannot treat these players, these grown adults, because they are grown adults. They might be young adults, but they're grown adults. They are professional football players. He is a first-round draft pick. Take the kid gloves off, Kenneth. Get in there, and let's make some plays. And, you know, Kenny Pickett seems to have that it factor. And it's that intangible quality that you cannot see. There's no statistic that has the it factor. Some will point to fourth-quarter comebacks, or some will point towards, you know, just comeback victories. No, no, there's no statistical equivalent of the it factor. Everyone that watches football, that knows, and you listen to the people in the locker room too, and we're talking about the players, coaches, they say he has that it factor. These are the times when you see that it factor. They go into a game like Buffalo and they say, I'm, they, let's play. 
Let's do this. That's exactly what Kenny Pickett said on Wednesday in front of the media when he said, hey, you all are calling us underdogs. We're going to go into this game very confident, very confident in our ability to win a football game. I like it. I like it. But the Steelers better get used to that us versus the world, that underdog mentality. They're going to find themselves there a lot this year, and that's okay. That is okay. Speaking of this game, let's preview the upcoming game against the Buffalo Bills. In case you're curious, the last five games in the series are the Steelers have won three and lost two. They come in with absolute opposite records. The Steelers are one and three. The Bills are one, three and one. Like I said, the spread is at 14 points via the DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and again, that could change. The matchup history, the Steelers lead the overall season seven series, I'm sorry, 17 wins to 11 losses. Let's take a look at that injury report. We're going to start off with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to talk about Wednesday, October 5th first. Then we're going to talk about Thursday, October 6th. Make sure you're on the lookout, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com on Friday. They'll have the final injury report and game statuses will be very, very telling. So let's look at Wednesday. Cornerback Cameron Sutton with a groin and hamstring was limited. Kello Witherspoon with his hamstring did not practice. Levi Wallace with a foot injury was limited. Terrell Edmonds was out with a concussion and still in the protocol. Minka Fitzpatrick with a knee injury didn't practice. Chris Wormley with an ankle was limited. And Cam Hayward with his ankle and elbow were both limited. So that was on Wednesday. So let's see how this changed on Thursday. So Cam Hayward, again, limited for a second straight day. If I'm predicting these things, which I'll, I'll start to do in this uh, this part of this podcast every week, he's going to play. He might be full. He might be limited again. He doesn't need a ton of practice time. Chris Wormley was limited again for the second straight day with an ankle. Keep an eye on that. Maybe he finds his way on a questionable status. We'll see. Minka Fitzpatrick did practice again, on, but did practice for the first time this week on Thursday with his knee injury, was limited, but still, that's a good sign. So is Terrell Edmonds with a concussion, working his way back to in limited participation. Why does that matter? We know about concussion protocols, and what that means is that he is starting to work his way back. If he's a full participant on Friday, unless there's a setback, he should be good to go. Other than that, make sure you probably will see Terrell Edmonds have a game status. That's my prediction. Levi Wallace was limited again with a foot injury. Akella Witherspoon remained out. Cam Sutton was limited for the second straight day. Deontay Johnson with a hip was listed as limited on Thursday, but he told media he just had some tightness. He's going to be fine. They just have to list it. So in my prediction, I think Cam Sutton, barring a setback, Levi Wallace, Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm sorry, Mason Cole also with a foot was limited. I think all these guys will be good to go. They're just covering their bases. But they're, you know, I don't think Akella Witherspoon's going to play this week. Uh, unless Trell Edmonds has a setback in his concussion protocol, I think he should be good. The ones you have to look out for are someone like Chris Wormley with an ankle where they might have to say, you know, or Cam Sutton, even if he doesn't, doesn't heal well, you might see a status on them on Friday. The Bills, I mean, I feel like if I just start this, it's going to be, I'll be here for the rest of the 30-minute podcast based on the fact that their injury report is insane. It is insane. So, I'm not going to mention any players that were given rest. Uh, so Jordan, Jordan Poyer, a safety, did not practice on Wednesday with, with ribs. Uh, Jordan Phillips, the defensive tackle with hamstring, was limited. So it was Ed Oliver with an ankle was limited. Offensive line, Justin Murray with a foot was limited. Mitch Morse, the center with an elbow, was limited. Um, Isaiah McKenzie with the concussion protocol, was he didn't practice on Wednesday. Cam Lewis with a forearm slash knee was a full participant. Wide receiver Jake Camaro, I think is how you say it, with an ankle, did not practice. Dawson Knox, the tight end with a foot and hamstring injury, didn't practice Wednesday. 
Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, that's Terrell's brother, linebacker, hamstring injury, didn't practice. Gabe Davis, wide receiver, was full. Jamison Crowder with an ankle, didn't practice. And Christian Benford with a hand, didn't practice. So Thursday, Jordan Pointer didn't practice again. Phillips and Oliver were limited again. Murray, offensive lineman with a foot, was limited. Mitch Morse, an elbow, he was went from limited to full. Isaiah McKenzie was limited coming off his concussion. Cam Lewis with a form of knee was a full participant. Jay Camaro with an angle didn't practice again. Neither did Dawson Knox. Tremaine Edmonds didn't practice again. Gabe Davis with an ankle was a full participant. Jamison Crowder and Christian Benford both did not practice. So they are going to have some injuries on their hands. People talk about the Steelers and the injuries that they're dealing with. The Bills are a banged-up team. And when you think about this team, this game, as it pertains to the Bills and the Steelers, they couldn't have more different trajectories heading into this game. you got the Bills 3-1, and one, Steelers 1-3, one and three, Josh Allen, Steelers are starting a rookie quarterback. Defense for the Steelers is kind of hit or miss, especially without T.J. Watt. They're more miss than hits. You have the Buffalo Bills defense, which is considered one of the best in the game. This is a tough game when it comes to the Steelers. And when you think about the Steelers being 14-point underdogs for the first time since the NFL-AFL merger, well, can they keep it competitive? Can they keep it competitive? Well, that's the question. Can the Steelers win this game? Yes, of course they can win this game. Let's take a look at my keys to victory here. We do three keys on offense, three keys on defense, before we get to that DraftKings parlay. First, on offense, run the football. The Steelers did this when Kenny Pickett was entered into the game against the Jets in the second half. They ran the ball, and they ran it well. That's what they're going to have to do again. Buffalo, third-best rush defense, giving up only 83.8 yards a game. Got to run the ball. Najee Harris hasn't had 20 carries yet in this season. I'd love to see him get that workload. The second key, don't handcuff Kenny Pickett. Buffalo Bills' pass defense is the top in the league, only allowing 150.8 yards per game, but they're banged up. And Kenny Pickett, you got to be honest, you cannot go into this game and have a prayer if you're going to tell the quarterback, hey, you got to make sure you're careful. Take the risk. You cannot handcuff Kenny Pickett. Be risky at times. You're playing with house money. That doesn't mean you're careless. You got to take the risk. Just don't handcuff the quarterback. The third, Play smart and weather the storm. This is a situation that's coaches and players alike. There's a good possibility that in the first quarter, if the Bills, let's say they force a three and out to start the game, they go down and score. You just have to calm down and keep pace. Doesn't have to be touchdowns. Just put points on the board. Weather that early storm. Find yourself in the mix in the fourth quarter. Just give yourself a chance. That's what you have to do. Let's go to defense. Slow down the run. The Buffalo Bills offense is averaging 115.5 yards per game. I love to see some changes on the defensive line. I'd love to see Isaiah Loudermilk get a hat. I'd love to see more Montrevious Adams and less Tyson Alawalu. If Cam Hayward's not 100%, spell him frequently. They need to slow down the run. That's where it starts. Second key, extra opportunities. The Buffalo Bills have turned it over seven times this season. They're a plus two on the turnover differential. You cannot miss opportunities when they present themselves. Josh Allen, he's a gunslinger. Everyone compares him to a young Ben Roethlisberger, and I get it. The one thing you can't do, though, you cannot blow opportunities. Think about Arthur Millette against the Jets. It was a pass right into him, right into his hands, and he dropped it. Think about the Patriots game. Cam Sutton drops an interception. You cannot 
miss these opportunities in a game like this against the Buffalo Bills, you have to get those extra opportunities. The last one is harass Josh Allen. Buffalo has given up eight sacks on the season. The Steelers have to get creative here. Where is the Flores magic? That's what I want to know. What are they waiting for? I said this on Wednesday when I was asked. Maybe they're waiting for all the horses, meaning the players, to come back and get healthy. But this is a guy, Brian Flores, who knows Buffalo well. He's coached against these guys a lot. I'd love to see him come in with a plan against Josh Allen to put his fingerprint on this and say, we're going to really confuse the heck out of these guys. I'd love to see it happen. So to recap, offense, run the ball, don't handcuff Kenny Pickett, and play smart and weather the early storm. On defense, slow the run, extra opportunities, don't miss those opportunities, and harass harass Josh Allen. That's what I want to see. All right, folks, it's time for the DraftKings Parlay. Man, these have been rough. They have been really, really rough, and I apologize to everyone, but I'm trying my darndest here. Every week this season, we'll be cooking up our own parlay that our good friends at DraftKings will put right on their homepage for all of you, our loyal fans, to follow. Again, you have the homepage up. If you have it on the computer, if you're on your app, doesn't matter. At 7 p.m., if you live in Pennsylvania or in West Virginia, go to the top. You'll see the BTSC parlay. That's my parlay. You click that button. It'll take you directly to the ticket and have everything right there for you. All right, so this week, our parlay is Najee Harris, rushing yards. Now, I said that the Buffalo defense only gives up 83.8. I've got Najee 65 and over. 65 yards and over. I got that. That's plus 165. Pat Fryermuth, that's the first leg. Second leg, Pat Fryermuth, receiving yards, 50 and over. 50 yards and over. That's plus 180. All right, and the last one is Pittsburgh Steelers total points, 17 and a half. I'm taking the over. That's plus 145. So some might say I'm taking risks. I'm trying to, and these numbers have been dumbed down. They have. 65 yards for Najee Harris. Should be able to get that done if they commit to it. Pat Fryermuth, he is that safety valve. You hope he can get 50-plus. And you hope the Steelers can score over 17.5 points. That's it. There's the parlay right there. Be sure to check out our BTSE Twitter page. That's at BT Steel Curtain, where there will be a link for you to bet for all of this. Each week, each week, geez, Jeff, each week, DraftKings has new offers and great ways to make your Sunday more fun. Remember, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. All right, folks, coming up after this break, I got Jeremy Jerome Betts. He's going to give me his keys to victory. We're going to go over NFL picks and stay tuned for our picks and my heart-to-heart at the end of the show. We'll be right back. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, it is Friday. It is the second half of the show, and that means it's time for the All Bets Are Off segment with Jeremy Jerome Betts. What's up, Jerome? How's it going? It's going great. Going great. We're enjoying the cooler weather here in North Carolina mountains, and I'm sure it's getting cold up in the uh, um, Maryland area, too. Huh? <laughs> Western Maryland. Yeah. Uh, boy, it's been chilly, man. I tell you what, with that, we had all those remnants of uh, Hurricane Ian, I guess, and uh, yeah. it just stopped raining. All right, enough weather. Let's talk football. Let's talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Buffalo Bills. 
And, you know, nothing's going to dampen my excitement for this. You know, everyone's sure, like, oh, sure. but they're playing the bills. I'm hearing it at work. <laughs> I'm hearing it from my students. I'm hearing it from my family. Oh, but they're playing the bills. I don't care. They could be playing Good Sisters of the Poor, and I'm going to be excited. Why? Because <laughs> it's new. It's Kenny Pickett. It's It should be different. Let's talk keys to victory. I just gave you mine in the first half. What are some of the offensive keys for you for the Steelers to somehow, some way, find a way to upset and win this game in Buffalo? I think uh, this is down to Matt Canada putting his guys in position to make plays because I think Kenny Pickett is going to find the open guy. So it's up to it's up to uh, Matt Canada and this uh, wide receiver core to to really put it together this week and to get open uh, against a secondary that is banged up still but has some good players uh, even in, in their second and third uh, tier guys. So, you know, the the Bills shut down the run. That's what they do. And they force you to be one-dimensional, and then that secondary uh, takes the ball away. Jordan Poyer has four interceptions in four games this year to this last week. He's playing out of his mind. And uh, the Steelers just need to they, – they need to rely on these weapons to get open. Kenny Pickett – is going to find him. I really believe that. And if this offensive line gives him two and a half seconds, he's going to pick apart uh, across the middle and, and the, in the intermediate portion of the field. So Matt Canada, do your job and scheme these guys open. I want to see it. Now you've got the guy in place. There's no more excuses. All right, let's go to the defensive side. What about the defense? So for the defense, the, uh, it's going to be tough no matter what, because uh, a good news from Thursday was that, um, you know, Minka Fitzpatrick and Terrell Edmonds both had a limited participation. And if those two guys come back, then obviously you're able to do some of the things that you want to in the secondary. Um, still being down a Kelly Witherspoon is going to be tough, but the Bills uh, are having some issues in their offensive weapons as well. Uh, Gabe Davis has not been healthy. He doesn't look quite right right now. So really it's the Stefan Diggs show and uh, Isaiah McKenzie playing uh, some ball there too uh, at the wide receiver position. So really it's about the secondary um, forcing uh, forcing Josh Allen to hold the ball a little bit longer and maybe get uh, Cam Sutton, or I'm sorry, uh, Cam Hayward and, uh, and Alex Highsmith to get some pressure. But it's going to be tough without TJ Watt and without being able to rush just four and get a co consistent pressure. Bill's offensive line is pretty solid. So this secondary is going to have to hold their own against uh, a wide receiver core that can play you deep, uh, that can get open. Uh, we talk about Deontay Johnson being one of the better route runners in the game. Stefan Diggs is up there too. And so these guys are going to have to be uh, on their uh, toes to, to be able to cover this offense and, and make it a game. And so that's just what you want to do. You want to make it a game and see if Kenny Pickett can spark an offensive uh, resurgence and maybe keep up with a Bills team that should be hot coming into this game. You know, the funny thing is, is you, you hate when injuries are a storyline and a narrative, but they are in this game for yeah. sure. For both teams. I mean, the Steelers defense, all the, I think I saw Mason Cole pop up on the injury list today mm -hmm. on Thursday or sorry, on Thursday. Uh, we'll see if that has any indication to, I think it'll be okay unless he has a setback or something like that. But still, um, I, I think I went a little bit long in the first half of the podcast. I think about three quarters of the podcast is just me reading their the Buffalo Bills injury report. <laughs> it is sure. yeah. unbelievably long. It is deep. <laughs> um, yeah, and so we'll see. I mean, Friday with the game status is coming out and the final injury report is going to be very telling, and it could dictate a lot about this game and how it's played. So keep your eye out on that. I want to get your thoughts, though, and what what are your – so here we are. Last week we were not talking about Kenny Pickett playing right. the game. This week we are. 
What's your expectations of Kenny Pickett in his first NFL career start? Well, I I would say the expectation is to run the offense uh, in a way that is successful. And to me, that is um, that is stressing the Bills' defense and making them earn it, not giving up uh, turnovers in the crucial moments and not making the mistake of – uh, sitting in the pocket too long and letting that pass rush get to you. And I think Kenny Pickett is a confident player. Uh, obviously, he is inexperienced at the NFL level, right? We've got to acknowledge that. But I think when he comes into the ball game and he uh, sits back there uh, in the huddle and, and pre-snap, he sees the field well. He sees it better than Mitch Trubisky. I think we can say that after a, even just a half of football, the way he's able to uh, bounce between his his reads a little bit faster. Uh, that's going to bode well for him in this game. And I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett's going to go out there and throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns in his first start. Would that be amazing and incredible? Do I think it's within the realm of possibility? Sure. But I don't know if it, that's going to be the case because Kenny Pickett's going to have to uh, kind of choose the lesser of two evils here, uh, whether we want to work the ball down the field and allow that Von Miller-led pass rush to get to you or uh, be checked down, you know, play it safe and cautious, take what the defense gives you and, and try to have a perfect 10 to 12 play drive, as opposed to hitting those shots down the field, it's going to be tough. But if anybody can do it uh, on the Steelers roster, Kenny Pickett's the guy because he is confident because he knows this offense and uh, he's ready to prove his stuff. That's just from a, a mental standpoint, from a physical standpoint, Kenny Pickett does have the wherewithal to get the ball quickly Um even under pressure. I think you saw the release time there, Jeff, on that that throw specifically to Fryermuth with with uh, Quinn and Williams in his face. I mean, he had like zero time from when he made the transition to Fryermuth with his eyes to get that ball out. And you still saw his he doesn't have much of a windup. He gets the ball from you know the whole point to the release very quickly. That's going to be key here to avoid uh this pass rush. And so I think he can do it. I think he can be successful this week. It's going to be interesting uh, with Kenny Pickett. I, one of the things I spoke about in the first half of the show was I really hope that they don't handcuff him. Yeah, uh, you know, d- don't go into this game saying like I ah, harping on him and stuff. But he, one of the things you're learning about Kenny Pickett is you are learning about Kenny Pickett. And right. every every time he's in front of the camera. So this past Wednesday when he had his first media availability, you're learning about Kenny Pickett and how he handles things, how he responds. He talked about running the scout team defense for the Steelers and how there were times where he would make plays. And then he didn't make a play. Mike Tomlin would be chirping at him. Yeah. And when he made a play, he didn't hear anything. And he'd say, oh, coach, were you at practice today? I didn't hear you so much. <laughs> he is that yep. type of competitor. He's also making those type of plays. Don't think Minka Fitzpatrick's not trying to pick this guy off. So right. when you're talking about him and his understanding of the NFL game, he might have a little bit more than we give him credit for, but we shall see. So let's get to our NFL game picks. We're going to talk about our predictions for the Steelers here at the end of this. Um, I don't even know how we did last week. Did you, did you check? I think I was up there with over under again. That's my, yeah, that's, that's my forte. That's not, I mean, a straight up. not my get not my game. I really stunk it up in every category <laughs> this last week. I don't even want to get into specifics. I just want to move on to week five. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> well, if you did poorly, I probably did better. So there you yeah, go. I like hey, it. There you go. <laughs> All right, here we go. We're going to do this a little bit more rapid fire than usual. We're starting off in jolly old England again, New York Giants, Green Bay Packers, 930 Eastern time on Sunday. The Green Bay Packers are giving eight points over there in England. What do you think, Jeremy? 
I like the Packers. I think their defense is the difference in this game. They get their eight. Yeah, the Giants don't even have a quarterback, I don't think, right now. Daniel Jones is up in the air. Aaron Rodgers, I'll take yep. the Packers giving eight. Then we go to the one o'clock slate, the Atlanta Falcons against the Tampa Bay Bucks in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is giving 10, but Atlanta's playing tough. What do you think about this? Yeah, I like the Falcons this week. I was right on them last week. They play close. They, uh, they're they going to be missing Cordero Patterson this week, most likely, so that is an issue. Um, but I do like the Falcons uh, to play tough against a Tampa team that is beat up a little bit on the offensive side of the ball as well. Tom Brady's getting divorced. Tom Brady's got botched Botox. He looks <laughs> awful. I don't like him in his mental state right now. Take the Falcons getting 10. They might not win, but I think they cover. All right, Tennessee is going to Washington. The Titans are giving one and a half on the road. Washington and the Wentz campaign continues what do you think about this one well when i made this pick i i saw that the commanders were getting two and a half so i liked that a little bit better i think washington could win this straight up uh so i'm i'm gonna stick with the commanders here i'm gonna go with tennessee even giving the points on the road i think they run it down their throats and Mm -hmm. carson wentz is still the quarterback so i'm gonna keep going with the other team (laughs) uh the seattle seahawks go to new orleans saints the New Orleans Saints are giving six points at home. What are your thoughts on this game? I I hate the spread if you're a Saints fan because uh, Jameis Winston still hasn't practiced this week. Michael Thomas still hasn't practiced this week. The Seahawks are playing tough. I like the Seahawks. I do too, and Alvin Kamara is even on the fence of playing. Yep. The, the, the New Orleans Saints are beat up. I'll take Seattle getting six on the road. Chicago Coming back from Be- London as well. That's true. Good point. Didn't even think about that. Chicago Bears and Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are giving seven and a half. Here we go. And NFC North game, what do you think? I still like the Vikings. I think their offense is explosive, and although they've had trouble shutting down the run, and that's what Chicago does best, I just don't think Chicago has the passing game to keep up here. I like Minnesota as well, minus seven and a half. Detroit, New New England. Who would have thought that this game would be even remotely entertaining? Mac Jones, still up in the air, his availability. Detroit is just scoring points on, it's like on command. That's incredible. Detroit's getting three and a half here on the road. What do you think about this one? No DeAndre Swift, but I still like this Lions offense. I'm taking the Lions at plus three. I think they win this game outright, too, with Bailey Zappi at quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah, I like the Lions here getting three and a half points. I think they keep it close, at least. They've been keeping everything close, even though they haven't yep. been winning a lot of games. I like the Lions getting three and a half. Now we go to a – boy, this is a boring game. Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> AFC South, Dud Fest. Uh, the Jaguars are giving a touchdown, giving seven to Houston. What do you think? Hey, the Jaguars are good this year. Uh, yeah, Jeff, you got to watch some Jaguars football. That's good stuff. I try not uh, to. <laughs> sure. Uh, I like the Jaguars. Uh, Houston doesn't do anything for me. I think they're the worst team in football. I think the Jaguars are one of the better uh, on the better half of, of the league anyway uh, as a team. So I like the Jaguars. I like the Jaguars giving seven too because the Jaguars are not a bad football team this year. It's just tough to watch them. The Miami Dolphins AFC East against the New York Jets. The New York Jets are giving three and a half. I'm sorry, getting three and a half at home. No Tua for Miami. What do you think about this game? You know, this might be the one quarterback situation in the league where it might not matter if it's Teddy Bridgewater or Tua back there. I think they play a similar style, and I think Tua is going to be a little safer with the ball, has a little more experience. I like the Miami Dolphins here to cover. I actually like the Jets. I like the Jets at home. I think they kind of maybe got over a little bit of a hump last week against Pittsburgh, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so I'm actually taking the Jets, uh, getting three and a half at home. I like those home dogs. Still Sunday at one o'clock, the LA Chargers go to Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns are uh, getting two points at home. What do you think Mm -hmm. about this one? So this is close for me, but I like the Chargers. I just think they're 
offenses more explosive than the than the uh, Browns have faced yet, and I think that that is the difference here. I like the Chargers. I like the Cleveland running game. Nick Chubb continues to just be, well, Nick Chubb. I'm going to take the Browns at home, getting two points. I think it's going to be close. I don't think this is going to be a blowout either way. Maybe I get lucky. Maybe I, I get burned. If I lose this one, I'm fine with it. All right, we're going to 405 now. The San Francisco 49ers coming off that big win last week. Go to Carolina, cross country, six and a half point spread. The Panthers are getting six and a half at home. What do you think about this one? Panthers are not a good team. Baker Mayfield is not playing well. They don't really do anything on offense that uh, would or defense that would consider uh, make me consider this being a close game. So I like the Niners coming off of a big victory over the Rams to ride that wave. Three words as to why you should take the 49ers giving points. Baker Mayfield sucks. There you go. <laughs> there you All go. right, let's go to 425, the Dallas Cowboys and L.A. Rams. L.A. Rams are giving five and a half points at home. What do you think? Uh, I'm going to take, you know, I'm going to take the Broncos here, or I'm sorry. I might be confused here. Which teams did you say? Dallas and LA Rams. Dallas and the Rams. I'm so sorry. Uh, Okay. So the Cowboys, uh, I'm taking the Cowboys here. That defense keeps it close. I think, um, you know, it's going to be a close game because the Cowboys defense, which I think is the best in the league right now, uh, keeps it close. Is Dak playing in this game? I don't think he is yet. He's just started to come back. Am I, am I wrong? It's am I still thinking? the Cooper Rush show if yeah. all goes according to what we've heard so far. So I think that catches up with the Cowboys. I like the Rams at home. I think they're due. They're due for a mm-hmm. big game. Um, so I'm going to take the Rams giving five and a half. Still at 425, the Philadelphia Eagles, undefeated Philadelphia Eagles, go to the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's getting five points at home. What do you think? I've still got the Eagles. I think they're the best team in football right now. They're the most complete on offense, and then their defense does enough with the pass rush to be good. So I like the Eagles here. I actually like the Arizona Cardinals getting five points at home. Philly, I I've watched them, and I, I there is a lot to be there's a lot to like. There's a lot sure. to be impressed with, but I just don't think this game is going to work out for them. They might win it, but I think it's going to be close. Let's go to Sunday night football game that Steeler fans are going to be watching Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are giving three points, the typical home spread. This is a tough one to pick. What do you think? Very tough. Very tough. Uh, Baltimore's kind of gotten off to hot starts in the last few games and then really fizzled down the stretch as defenses kind of figure out what they're trying to do. I like the Cincinnati defense to uh, keep it close. And uh, so I like the Bengals this week. I actually like the Ravens to hold serve at home, giving three points. I think they kind of figure it out unless Marcus Peters attacks John Harbaugh, which I'd be totally okay with. (laughs) I actually like the Ravens here. Uh, Let's go last game, Monday Night Football, Las Vegas Raiders, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs look like world beaters last week. Yeah, Uh, They're giving seven points at home to the Raiders. What are your thoughts? It's a big spread, um, and I think the Raiders' offense has uh, something to prove. They came off of a big win this last week, and the last few Raiders and Chiefs games have been pretty exciting stuff, so I'm going with the Raiders. I'm going with the Chiefs, giving seven at home. I like them in prime time. I think they're going to make some plays. The game that everyone wants to hear us talk about, Sunday at 1 o'clock, Pittsburgh time, in New Orchard, New York, or Buffalo. Buffalo Bills are hosting the Steelers. Three and one Bills, one and three Steelers, a 14 point spread. The Steelers are getting 14 points. Jeremy, what's your prediction? How do you see it playing out? Sure. Biggest spread ever for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is that what they're saying? They started keeping track, which is the NFL AFL murder. 1978. So, wow, that's pretty incredible. I have the final score 
prediction uh, at 31 Bills, 24 Steelers. I just don't think the Steelers can keep up uh, completely with this team, but I think that they cover the spread here. I would trust Mike Tomlin against a 14-point spread and Kenny Pickett as well. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm too premature on this, but I think he's the leader that the Steelers need this year. I think he can button up some of the things uh, that have gone awry so far. So I like the Steelers to to at least cover the point spread here, not necessarily to win. I don't think that they have the firepower to keep up. This Bills team could <laughs> lay the hammer down, but uh, I, I expect the Steelers and Sean McDermott, Mike Tomlin have a very close relationship. They kind of come from the same line of thinking, the same tree, if you will. Uh, so I think that they're going to their games are going to be close most of the time, and it could come down to special teams again, giving the Steelers an edge uh, in this game. I like the Steelers. So wait, in you like the Steelers to cover, not to, to cover? Win yes, I'm okay, sorry. Very good. Okay. I like the Steelers to cover, not to win out right now. So anyone that's listened to my podcast for any amount of time knows several things. Number one, I never pick against the Steelers. Number two, I'm a homer. Number three, I don't shy away from either of those first two facts. Sure. So if you're thinking that I'm going to pick the Buffalo Bills, you're listening to the wrong freaking show. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I decided that I'm going to try to hearken back to 2021, some week one magic. I've got final score Pittsburgh 23, Buffalo 16. <laughs> Whoa. <okay. laughs> the same score same as last score. <laughs> Ah, it's oh, not going to happen, but still, sure. I'm hope I do think the Steelers keep it close. I do think the Steelers cover the spread. 14 yeah. points, that's a slap in the face. I know that Mike Tomlin is in there just harping on these guys saying yeah. no one's giving us a chance. Like you said, I like Tomlin to keep it close. And there can be something to get take away from that. Let's I want to give you a chance now to finish out your segment to talk to the fan base, talk to the ride or die crew. Give them your thoughts as to, you know, what to expect, what to think coming out of this game in Buffalo this Sunday. So, you know, we go into this game, uh, obviously, with with hope because we've got a new quarterback under center. He's the guy that the Steelers drafted to be the future. The future is now. And you want to see what the kid can do. Uh, unfortunately, it's not the best matchup. And it's not because of the Bills offense necessarily. This defense for Buffalo is the most complete unit in the league two years in a row now. And you see it every week. They just fly to the ball. They make plays. They're an incredible defense. And here's what Kenny Pickett has to deal with. It's it's just the fact that no matter where he looks, there's not a weakness. So you're going to have to be absolutely uh, smart with the football. And I think if anybody can do it, it's Kenny Pickett. Like I said earlier, he's the leader this team needs. I think he can he can really uh, jump in there and just take command. And uh, unlike the commanders over in in Washington, uh, <laughs> you know he can take command of this team. And so, what would be successful for the Steelers this week? Maybe not a win, but you see the offense looking like a unit that knows what it's doing, that can move up and down the field, that can be. Uh, I guess the word is knowledgeable about the game. You know, that looks like they're a competent unit. That's the word I'm searching for, a competent unit. And so, you know, I think that this, it's definitely possible this week. If you're looking for Kenny Pickett to just light it up, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that. If the Steelers can muck it up like they did last year, they've got a shot. We saw the Colts beat the Chiefs in one of the ugliest games of the year. The Colts are terrible <laughs> we can agree on that i think they look just bad and the chiefs have looked like world beaters every other week so this is one of those weeks i think that the steelers could maybe do that and if that happens special teams 
gives a, a few things for the Steelers this week, then maybe they pull away an upset win and uh, get to two and three. That would look really good with a home date against the Buccaneers uh, coming up on uh, in week six. Gosh, if Kenny Pickett beats the Bills, that place, Akershire Stadium, is going to be busting at the seams in week oh, six. I'll insane. tell you that right now. Absolutely insane. Yeah. I'd hate to be Tampa if that happens. <laughs> All right, Jeremy, tell everyone how they can find you on social media. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at TheBets93, T-H-E-B-E-T-Z-9-3. have a couple more articles coming out this week, so look for those on the website. And the Steelers Fix will recap some of the uh, game against the Bills uh, this next Tuesday, and uh, we'll always have some fantasy football and some NFL draft topics to cover as well. So uh, Andrew Wilbar and I will be back with a new Steelers Fix on Tuesday after the Steelers game. Make sure you give that show a listen. It's, it's something I don't miss. It's I'm really, it's really growing on me the way you are doing it in the regular season. I like it a lot. So awesome. check that out. Jeremy, in the meantime, we'll see you next week. Take it easy. Sounds good. You too. And a big thanks to Jeremy Jerome Betts, as always, taking the time to talk about the Steelers, talk about the upcoming slate of games with the NFL picks segment. So, all right, let's do this heart-to-heart as we always finish it out every Friday. My question for you. It's a rhetorical question because I can't answer it for you. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, I want you to answer this question in your head. What kind of fan are you? What kind of fan are you? Are you a fan that gives up when the going gets a little rough, a little rocky, a little tough? Are you are you one of those fans? Are you one of those fans that just because the Steelers are one and three, maybe you're not checking behind the steelcurtain.com as much. Maybe you're not listening to the podcast, whether it's ours or other people's. Are you one of those fans? If you are one of those fans, I doubt you're part of my Ride or Die crew. My Ride or Die crew is as loyal as they come. They listen Monday, Wednesday, Friday, no matter what. No matter what time of year it is. The calendar year doesn't matter. The week doesn't matter. Opponent doesn't matter. The kind of fan you are tells me a lot about you as a fan and as a person. I want fans that are loyal. Steeler fans should be loyal. This team's been very good for a long time, and so if they're just if they're having a year where it's going to be rough, it's going to be rocky more so than last year. You got to be, you have to be along for the ride, no matter what. You cannot be wishy washy in this business, in my opinion. So, what kind of fan are you? You going to give up? Steelers lose this Sunday. They go. You going to give up? I'm not. I'm going to be here. Everyone behind the steel curtain is going to be here. Hopefully, you will be too. All right, folks. Remember. Stay tuned to Behind the Steel Curtain this weekend, especially on Sunday after the game. Myself, Brian Davis, and Dave Schofield will be on for the post-game show. You don't want to miss that. And my Winners and Losers podcast on Monday. It's always a fan favorite. Make sure you're there to check it out. In the meantime, you know how we finish it out here, folks. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great weekend. See you on Monday. Go Steelers.